0: If you want to participate, contact me at ordinarywomenpodcast at gmail.com. I'm sure you have great projects to brag about. You can also follow me and message me on Instagram at ordinarywomenpodcast, Podcast, on Twitter at ordinarywomenpc, PC, or on Facebook on the page ordinary women. Hi everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Ordinary Women. I'm welcoming Lara today. Hi Lara. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you, Lucy. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for participating. Very excited to have you. Um can you start by giving us a quick introduction of yourself, please?
1: Yeah, of course. So my name is Lara Meyer. I am 38. I am British, but currently living in Bahrain in the Middle East, uh, with my husband and our two cats, where I run my own coaching and consulting business.
0: Exciting. Can I ask the name of your cats?
1: Oh, yes. My cats are called Cleopatra and Isadora. Um, but Cleo and Izzy for short.
0: Oh, how cute. (laughs) And can you tell us something unusual about yourself?
1: Yeah, something that people are often surprised to learn about me is that um, I know how to ride a motorbike. I got my motorbike license when I was 16. And um, it just gave me this amazing sense of Confidence in myself, I guess, mastering an unusual skill, particularly at that time when I was a young girl, um, and kind of giving myself this ultimate sense of freedom um, was, was so cool. But it, it usually surprises people when they learn that about me.
0: That's cool. What, like, decided you to learn? Um,
1: so my dad really encouraged me to do it because he'd always ridden motorcycles um and it was really just to get that independence um i wanted to get a part-time job and there was no way for me to get there if i didn't have my own transport and so those two things combined set me
0: on that path that's very cool have fun <laughs> <laughs> and since here obviously we talk a lot about what it's like to be a woman I'd like to start by asking, uh, was there a moment in your life when you realized that you are a woman?
1: Yeah, this is such a great question, because I would say there isn't like an event uh, or a moment that I can really pinpoint. Um, As I was thinking about it, I was thinking, hmm, does this mean a woman versus a girl or a woman versus a man there's so many different ways that um, actually you could interpret such a a straightforward question Um, and I think you know certainly on the growing up aspect I definitely felt like I was more of a woman once I was going out to work um, definitely felt like a shift for me that you know I'd kind of Yeah, I'd grown up, I suppose.
0: Cool. Was there anything particular in your work experience that made that shift happen?
1: No, I think it was just, um, you know, going out, having that kind of structure in my day, having something that I kind of felt proud of and, you know, was respected for. Yeah, it it was just that sense of kind of being independent and looking after myself that I felt like I was more grown up, I suppose.
0: Cool, and did the motorcycle um, have that same effect? Um, I
1: think that was probably a bit different. That, that just totally filled me with so much self-belief and, and uh, a feeling that I could do anything. Because when you're on a motorbike, that is kind of the feeling that you get running through your veins.
0: Okay, nice, thank you for sharing. And as you grew up, did you have any female role model?
1: Um, the first person that came into my mind with this question was 100% my mum. She was such a strong role model for me. When I was little, she was a stay-at-home mom. But when I was about 10, her and my dad started their own business together. Um, and I guess I just really kind of grew up through a lot of my years, seeing her at work and running the business, and you know, just being this this great woman in business, great leader. Um, you know, they were often in the paper with their business and winning awards and so on. Um, and I just really got this sense from her of, yeah, you can do anything,
0: really. That's very cool. What would you think she taught you?
1: Um, I think she taught me that there is no limits. You can do whatever you want to do, really. Um, You know, yes, there is hard work. And that's definitely a big part of um, the equation to be successful. But yeah, you can apply yourself and achieve whatever it is you want to achieve.
0: That's very cool. Such a, such a nice learning to have. Do you think you applied that recently in your life?
1: I think it's come and gone. If I'm honest, there have been times when I've been totally living that and then other times when I haven't. But if we're talking about today and what's going on in my life now um yeah I think I, I think I am living up to that
0: cool and was there some time like when you thought you wouldn't be able to do something and then like kind of remember that or is it more like something that you always have in mind well I guess you just say that it kind of flows but
1: yeah, it definitely flows and it depends, you know, what the kind of support network or the circumstances or environment that, um, that I'm in. Um, they definitely have an effect. But, yeah, I think I try and channel it as much as possible.
0: Uh, that's very cool. And, yeah, it's such a great um, model to have. Um, and do you have any female role model today? Um.
1: Female role models today, I mean, I I have so many, to be honest. I I really struggle to to slim it down. Um, I think someone like Brené Brown is an amazing role model. Um, I remember a friend of mine had been telling me for a long time, you should read this woman's book and you should learn about this. You'd really, you know, I think she's really for you. And then I did, I read her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, and I just absolutely fell in love with that inspiring message that we all have imperfections and and we can actually choose to view them as gifts rather than something to be ashamed of. Um, I really love that she's so relatable and vulnerable because it kind of inspires me to do more of that as well.
0: Do you have an example of something that you did after reading her book when you let yourself be imperfect or more vulnerable?
1: Um, gosh, I think there's, there's so many things. Um, you know, perfectionism has been something that I have worked on myself a lot. Um, and I think one of the things that I started to do to try and overcome that was um, applying a kind of uh, 80-20 rule to things that I was working on where, you know, there's only 20% of the things that I do that really actually have to be super top-notch and the other 80%, I can just give them the good enough effort rather than the perfect effort. And, um, yeah, it's actually been quite a life-changing uh, technique, I would say, for me anyway.
0: I didn't know about that. I'll definitely have a closer look. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think that the lack of representation of women in society had an impact on you? Um, I
1: don't think it did initially. I mean, I've, I've talked about my mum and, and what an amazing role model she was. I think growing up, seeing her going out and running her own business and, you know, being very empowered and successful. Um, it just made me not really see how much um, there was a lack of representation, because in, in my little world, you know, mum and dad were running the business and, and they were both there in partnership. Um, and, and actually, even early in my career, I had some amazing female bosses and leaders Um, So it wasn't really something that I even was that aware of until later in my career and and I was, you know, working in tech for a long time, which is obviously very male dominated. And I think it was then I started to just open my eyes really to um, how few women there were in senior roles, the lack of representation there. and, and, and from there, just kind of expanding out my, my knowledge and my awareness. But yeah, I think I, I lived in a little bubble for a long time where I didn't necessarily realize um, how stark the situation was.
0: Yeah, um, maybe for the best for you. <laughs> yeah. And how, how did it affect you at work? Um, I
1: think probably in, in just some subtle ways initially. Um, You know things like uh, seeing others often men but not always uh, being promoted faster and you know at that time not really being self-aware enough to understand why or what i could try and do to um, change the situation for myself Um, i think that was probably one of the first things i started to, to notice and then when I started getting involved with women's networks in the companies that I worked for, um, and my background is in research and insight. So, um, I was helping out and looking at the data and, uh, looking at the trends within the, the business I was working in and could actually see that there was such a long way to go, um, in order to reach the goals that the company had set, but in actual fact, very, very little was being done to close them. And I think that was what started to make me feel quite angry um, and, and seeing how unjust it was.
0: Yeah, completely. And do you do anything to, well, I guess already being involved in that helps with the anger, but how do you yeah, manage that anger?
1: Um, to be perfectly honest, at first I got quite despondent. Um, I I felt very much like there was nothing that could be done. Um, that you know, whatever we did, um, it wasn't going to make an impact because the people at the top were not really backing any of the initiatives that were being proposed, or it was being done, but you know, as kind of a a PR exercise rather than anything that was really real. And, and I, I stepped away from it for a while because I just felt like it was kind of hopeless. Um, but I think something about moving to a new country, which I did almost two years ago now, and you know just being in a different environment and using that as a way to gain a different perspective on things. Um, I, I, I guess I just feel a, a renewed sense of focus on well what can I do rather than you know what are all the ways that it might not have an impact um so I'm choosing to to be a bit more positive I suppose
0: oh that's great yeah we need we need hope (laughs) definitely uh that's very cool thank you for sharing all of this I'd like to focus now on more about you and a like project or achievement that you have And that you'd like to talk about. So what would you like to talk about?
1: Well, I guess the thing I would like to talk about the the project, if I can call it that, is actually my coaching business. Where I support women in leadership roles who are dealing with self-doubt to grow their confidence so that they can feel happier, more energized and shine in their role.
0: That sounds super interesting. So why did you start it?
1: Well, I think it's building on a lot of what we've talked about already. Um, You know, despite the fact that I had this amazing role model in my mom and female bosses early in my career, I still had a lot of self-doubt sort of starting in my 20s. And while I had a lot of personal growth work that I did since then, um, You know, becoming more attuned to the gender gap and just how far we've got to go to close it started kind of fueling my interest in thinking, well, what are the things that I can do? And yeah, it actually became obvious to me that when I was deciding where I wanted to focus my efforts for my coaching practice, supporting women in leadership was was just an obvious choice.
0: You mentioned that you did a lot of work on yourself and self-growth. How did you do that? Mm, That's
1: a great question. Uh, At first, I started off by reading books. Um, There's actually an amazing book called The Confidence Code um, by two female authors called Katty Kay and Claire Shipman. Um, and that was probably one of the first things that I read to help me overcome the self-doubt that I was feeling at the time. And then I guess it just continued from there. I read other books in a similar vein. I started then going to workshops, um, listening to podcasts, and all of that ultimately led to me hiring my own coach um, and, and doing you know, some one-on-one coaching to support me in, in very specific areas that I wanted to work on. Um, I mean, I guess that's all been about 10 years building up to, to where we are today.
0: Wow, that's very cool. Yeah, I guess it must be a lot of work. Um, it's always a lot of work to work on oneself
1: Yes, it is. You, you have to be quite curious and courageous to start working on yourself because often you find things that you don't really like at first. <laughs> um, but then the empowering thing is, once you know them, you can decide what to do. You can decide maybe you're gonna leave it and stay the same because you're not ready to change right now, or you can, you can do something about it. But it's very empowering once you get the bug
0: yeah, that makes sense. Um, and what if you had to like keep just one advice or like share one, one advice, one of the things that you've learned with me and everyone who's listening, what would that be?
1: I think the one piece of advice I would give is really focus on your strengths. We spend a lot of time thinking about the weaknesses that we have, or the things that maybe we're not so good at, or where other people are better than us. And actually, where our true power is, is within our strengths. So, really doubling down on those is such a great way to embody unshakable confidence.
0: Cool. Thank you for sharing. And yeah, jumping back a bit uh, more on your project, how long was there between the first time that you thought about it? and the time when you did the first step like like lunch dates.
1: Um, I would say it was probably a couple of months. I had the idea and I was fleshing it out. I did a bit of research with other women professionals that I knew because I wanted to sense check. It wasn't just me <laughs> feeling the way I was and, and it wasn't. And I guess once I'd gathered my thoughts and, and written down my idea, I, I felt like... That was it. That was when the idea was born.
0: Cool. And then what did you do? How did you do it? So I needed to train to become a
1: coach. And quite out of character for me. I didn't research 100 coaching schools or you know, compare all the curriculum and prices. I just trusted a recommendation I had been given. And I literally booked the spot on the next available one which started the next month and yeah once i had those skills it was just all about gaining experience and each step just followed on from there i tried not to overthink it too much
0: cool and what's the what's like the day-to-day that sounds like an interview but that's <laughs> <laughs> the what's the day-to-day of a coach what do you do every day
1: So I have um, a few days a week that I reserve for my coaching practice, which is where I'm actually coaching individuals. And the majority of those at the moment are online. And so I will be preparing for one of those sessions by perhaps reviewing some notes from our previous session, myself mentally ready and prepared. Um, maybe doing some meditation or just you know getting my myself my brain and my body into a good space so that I can really be fully present for my client when I'm working with them and that will be usually no more than four clients in one day because I like to preserve my energy so everyone gets gets the very best of me and and in the rest of the week I'm kind of coming up with Ideas for ways I can market my business. Um, I am running workshops, so developing new content for those. Kind of having some fun with uh, content for social media and stuff like that.
0: Cool, that's super interesting. And can you tell us about the time when you felt the most helpful for one of your clients?
1: Um funny thing for me is that because I'm on a fairly new path myself and I'm coaching women on confidence and imposter syndrome and stuff like that I I often feel that too Um, and you know I can only take them to places that I've already been and 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 that's why I think I'm so passionate about this work and I guess you know there's there's no specific thing that I would feel comfortable to share from a a client because of confidentiality. But just the fact of sometimes there's like this weird karma in the universe where if I am having a low moment, that is the moment when I will get a WhatsApp or an email from one of my clients where they are sharing an achievement or some progress that they made from something that we talked about in one of our sessions. And they always seem to come just at that right time. And I don't know why that is, but it's uh, a very special part of the relationship.
0: Intense in a good way to see what they're achieving and knowing that you've played a part uh, in that. That's very cool. Yeah. And was there, was there anyone who had an impact on it? Mm, I would
1: definitely say... My coach, um, a wonderful woman called Katia Vlachos, um, because she was really instrumental in helping me get to where I am. And also, I would say my first client, who just trusted me so much to coach her while I was still going through my training. um, They both had a, a huge impact on me.
0: Cool. Sounds like interesting people. And what challenges have you faced so far?
1: Um, I think I'm facing all of the challenges that someone who is newly self employed (laughs) faces. Um, You know, prior to working for myself, I had worked for corporations for my entire career. And I think you don't realize just how much is set up for you and how much is done for you and how much support you're given and how much training is provided for you when you work for a a large organisation. And I think that I've had to just approach absolutely everything with a beginner's mind um, and just see everything that I'm doing as an opportunity to learn Um, whether that be on how I'm doing my social media or, you know, the actual setting up of the company itself, um, you know, sending out invoices, all these things that, you know, they're all new for me. But I'm trying to see lots of opportunities to learn new things through that experience.
0: Very cool. Yeah, it must be A lot of new things to learn. (laughs) Very exciting. Yeah. How do you learn it usually?
1: Um, start with Google. (laughs) It's where everything (laughs) always seems to start. But also, I think one of the things that I have become a lot better at generally over the years, but definitely since starting my own business, is asking other people for help. It's been amazing to me how willing people have been to donate their time have a chat put me in contact with somebody else that they know can help me and I think that's that's where I felt like I've made kind of big leaps forward on things that I had no idea how to do Um, and now they're kind of up and running thanks to having asked for some help with it
0: Nice, good to know. And was there on the contrary anything that was uh, easier than you thought it would have been?
1: Mm. So I think this might sound like a strange one. Well, it certainly surprised me when I was thinking about it. Um, Social media. Um, I was quite scared of it initially. Um, And I was very nervous about posting anything on LinkedIn or setting up an Instagram, anything like that. Um, I I guess I was just in some ways holding myself back. But interestingly, once I started to think about who I was trying to serve, you know, other women who are also doubting themselves, I realised I would kind of be denying them if I wasn't sharing and and that kind of flip in mindset started to make it be really easy and I realized oh yeah actually I have got stuff to say and it's yeah it's just much easier to flow out and and sometimes I find it quite fun as well that's the bit
0: that surprised me I think (laughs) that's very cool what uh, social medias do you use
1: so LinkedIn is my primary one and also Instagram and a bit of Facebook, but LinkedIn mostly.
0: Cool. Any chance we can see you on TikTok soon? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I never say never.
1: Um, I want to keep doing a good job on the channels that I'm on right now. Um, I feel like TikTok would be spreading me a bit thin, but
0: who nice. <laughs> maybe one day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and why are you proud uh, of yourself and of for doing this?
1: I think, um, I think I'm really proud of it, because I'm kind of living my own story, really. Um, you know, I have gone from feeling super confident, uh, super self doubting, and then come all the way back up on the other side and i guess i just i feel proud that i'm ready and able to share that in order to support other women who may be facing similar challenges um and so they can get through it more quickly than i did
0: oh that's yeah that's um such like such good reasons to be to be proud of it that's very cool um I think I've asked everything that I wanted to ask um is there anything that we didn't talk uh, during our discussion that you would like to mention now
1: um I think just to say you know for any women out there listening to this who relate to feeling that nagging voice of self-doubt. Um, you know, I already shared my top tip, which is go all in on your strengths. But, you know, also just tell yourself a different story than the self-doubt. Everything we, we know in our heads is stories that we're telling ourselves. Um, tell yourself a different story and, and just try new things because you really do grow confidence from experience. Um, and that helps to... But that doubting voice away.
0: Cool. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time, answering my question, and, and sharing a bit of your story with, with me and with everyone who listens. Yeah, we're going to conclude on that. Thank you again for, for coming. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you, Lucy, for inviting me and for your
0: listeners for tuning in. Thank you. And, and as always, in this podcast, the guest gets the last word. So the mic is yours. So
1: head over to my website, lara to check out the latest virtual events and confidence boosting workshops
0: that you can attend with me for free every single month. See you there.